just nine days, we're all going to be waking up for, God willing, we all wake up in nine days, right? All right, for Christmas morning. This morning's our message is called, Twas the Night Before. Everybody say, Twas the Night Before. So in just about nine days, you're going to wake up, and on Christmas morning, as kids, it's one of the most exciting times of the year. Most kids, it's exciting because they're going to wake up and find Christmas presents, okay? And if I remember when I was a kid, Christmas, well, first off, I love Christmas and the holiday season. I really do. I believe it's, it's a faith thing. I believe it's a God thing. I believe it's just the atmosphere that's around in most parts and the way you go. It's an exciting time to just talk about Jesus. It's easy to talk about Jesus during Christmas season. So I remember as a kid that the night before Christmas was always one of the, it, it was no problem going to bed early, Christmas Eve. Mom and dad say, hey, it's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. Oh, yeah, I'll go to my bed, you know. And there's no problem just to go in bed. But the hard thing is, is to fall asleep on Christmas Eve night. Laying in bed, tossing and turning, because there's this anticipation and expectation of receiving something the next morning. An expectation to see what's under the present. Uh, there's five of us kids. We wake up in the morning, and then there's, we don't do the whole, I don't know how you guys do it at your house, and that's cool what you do, but we, my parents didn't put the gifts under the tree, because the tree wasn't big enough, and not just that, like, there's five kids that they're buying gifts for, so they were, and, and it wasn't just sporadically thrown, they had little piles of whatever was for our kids, and don't get me wrong, we didn't have, like, these huge piles, and, like, oh, they went crazy on us, but there was piles of gifts just for us with our name on it, so Christmas morning was so much easy because you just found your pile, and then you started opening the gifts, you know what I'm saying, but you could never open a gift without mom and dad being awake. Drove me nuts, but as a parent, that's how I do it too, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, there's that anticipation. So I would wake up in the morning, Christmas morning. I don't know, I might have slept for two hours or whatnot. Wake up and I'd go run in and look at the Christmas gifts. And I'd wake up my sisters and my brother, make sure everybody, hey. And, and they're like, like wiping, like, see, let's go see what's under the, the tree. And when, you know, my sisters are older than me, they're like, who cares? I want to go to sleep. I'm tired. But I'm just like excited. Like, I want to see what's going on out there, you know. So you go out there and you look at the gifts so you can't. Move them, you can't touch them, but you can totally look and see who's got the bigger present, because we all know bigger presents, bigger gifts, right? So, but there's that anticipation and expectation that happens the night before Christmas. Wouldn't it be awesome to have that anticipation and excitement the night before every day? An anticipation and expectation like David writes in Psalms chapter 42, as a deer pants for water, so my soul will thirst for you. My living God. And then he finishes up in verse 2. He says, but when can I go and meet with you? The anticipation that David had is, God, I love you so much. I long for you so much. This expectation of what you've got for me. The anticipation. When can I finally meet my God? Now, this is before Jesus Christ came to earth. This is before God's presence is then now on earth. This is before all of that, and David is pleading with God, God, when can I meet with you? Over 2,000 years ago, twas the night before the very first Christmas, God already had a plan. Mary and Joseph, visited by an angel. You read in Luke and we also uh, in Matthew. They're both visited by an angel, and God tells Mary what? I'm going to give you a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. And in a certain text, it says, you're going to name him Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. God with us. For the very first time, 
God's presence is no longer held up inside of a tent where they had to go. And, you, and the priest was only able to go in the Holy of Holies once a year to forgive everybody's sins. But for the first time in all of creation, in all of history, God allowed Jesus to come down. And now God's presence on earth for the very first time. Mary and Joseph, they agree. We all understand that God came to this earth as a baby. When David writes this in Psalms, he doesn't have Jesus. You and I, we get to enter the Holy of Holies any day at any time. Any day at any time. Christmas morning only comes once a year. And all the kids say, aww. But let me tell you, meeting with God comes every day. Every day for anybody who wants to meet with him. For anybody that says, God, when can I meet with you? He says, whenever you want. Whenever you want. I gave you Jesus. And we're going to go through this fact that God gave us Jesus. So that you and I can receive God. All day, every day, and everything becomes so exciting the anticipation and expectations of the night before Christmas. It's like every day. Could you imagine if every night when you went to bed, you closed your eyes and said, God, I can't wait to see what you've got for me tomorrow. I can't wait to see the miracle that I've been praying for come to pass. I can't wait to see the open door that's been closed for so many years to finally open. I can't wait that expectation you and I get to have every day oh that we would be a church to be hungry for god like that oh that you and i would say god i want more than i can ever imagine i want more and more and more and more i can't live on yesterday's satisfaction i can't live on the fact that that just that fact that i got saved which is awesome in all the books but god i know your word says there's more everybody say there's more more. and we're going to get to that this morning so if you open up your bibles to luke chapter 1 that's the first text. I'm going to read the birth of Jesus foretold, verse 26. Just about 2,000 years ago, Mary and Joseph were about to get married. And then God tells Mary, hey, hold up. Before you get married, I got something for you. I got a gift for you. And this gift was pretty special. This gift was pretty unique. And we're going to read about that. Verse 26, it reads this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. For he will be great, and I will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. But how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am only a virgin? The angel answered in verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month. Verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Can you say amen? Amen. 
Verse 38, Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. The angel then left her. May your word to be fulfilled. The angel tells Mary, hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're going to name him Jesus. And the cool thing is, you're already pregnant. You are pregnant, Mary. You got baby in womb right now. It is done. But, you know, I'm a virgin. I can't be. And the angel says, well, let me tell you, when God speaks, it happens. Every word that God speaks will come to pass. And then Mary doesn't run out and say, oh, my goodness, this is so scary. She says, let it be. Let it be just as you said. When God speaks, how many of you guys know when God speaks, it has to accomplish what God already said. Has to come to pass. Has to come to pass. And no man can stop it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 21. Now that's Mary's side of the story. But then you have Joseph, who's probably freaking out like, oh my goodness. And they said, he's going to secretly divorce. I don't want to stay with her. She's already pregnant. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Something's got to happen. And Joseph kind of like freaks out a little bit. Well, God knows what's up. So he sends an angel to Joseph in verse 18. He says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So the angel told both of them, hey, God's got this miracle gift for you. He's going to use you, allow Jesus, God's presence, to finally be on this earth. So Mary and Joseph both agree. And then we know the rest of the story. Aren't you glad God's word never fails? Aren't you glad when God speaks to you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. When God speaks, it's going to happen, correct? When God speaks, it's going to happen. When God speaks, it's going to happen. This right here is God speaking, friends. This right here is the very word of God. This right here is the very word of God. So when it says in here, it's going to happen. There's nowhere else I have to look. This right here is going to tell me what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. This right here is going to help me to stand upon the promises of what God says. Because what it says, it will happen. And we all have this now. You and I have this to understand and to learn. Wow, God, there is nothing. There is nothing impossible for me because I am with you. With God, there is nothing impossible. Mary had this baby boy, Jesus miraculously something unheard of something never to have been ever duplicated a miracle because god said hey mary you're going to give birth to a baby it's going to be me in flesh jesus christ that's going to be him and that's going to be the savior of all the world can you say amen? amen so we read that god gives us jesus and god's word never fails but the night before god's gift was delivered Mary and Joseph were in hot pursuit of a place to rest for the night. There was this high expectation from Mary and Joseph. They were expecting this miraculous gift. They knew they had to get to Bethlehem. They had to get there in time. This baby's about to come. And then to their dismay, they get to Bethlehem. And what happens? There's no place for them to get in the room. 
There's no rooms, there's no homes, there's nowhere to go except for a stable. And then when they get into the stable, that's where we find that God allows Mary to give birth with all that expectancy, carrying around this child for nine months. Now she's able to see what this baby is going to look like. Could you imagine being Mary and Joseph? What's Jesus going to look like? Like, this is God. What's his face going to look like? Is he going to come out glowing? What's going to happen? But Mary gives birth and she names him Jesus just like God told her. And now Jesus, God's presence, is now on this earth. The gift of Jesus was not only for Mary and Joseph. This gift of Jesus would now be the presence of God for all mankind, for the entire earth. Like I said, there was gifts with my name on it. Specifically, Joe, this is for you. This was God's gift to all of the world. So no matter what your name is, Jesus is for you. No matter where you're from, Jesus is for you. John 3, 16 and 17 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say gave. gave. His one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save. Everybody say save. save. The world through him. God knew mankind was evil. God knew mankind needed a redeemer. God knew mankind needed something supernatural to take place for you and I to get to heaven. God knew there had to be a sacrifice. There had to be a way for you and I to actually enter the throne room of God every day. The entryway was not just going to be by a simple act of good deed, but it was going to be through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because there's no righteous act. The word of God says there's no righteous act that is worthy enough. That is worthy enough. Isaiah 64, 6 says it, that even our greatest and righteous deeds are like filthy rags to God. Think about the greatest deed you can think about. Whatever it is. What we just did yesterday, feeding 70 people in our community. That's a great feat. That's nice. But even that will not allow you to enter the presence of the Most High God. In our own human power, we can't do it. God knew that, and that's why he gave us Jesus. Everybody say gave. Gave us baby Jesus. Jesus is awesome. All right? Salvation is great. I'm going to heaven, and I pray the good Lord you're going there too. Because it's for all the world. Whether you live in America, China, Russia, Antarctica, on a little Rhode Island somewhere, Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross for all the world. So that's exciting, right? That's exciting because... Jesus not only came to this earth, the Bible says that he went around and he did miracles after miracle after miracle. It says that he went to some towns and he healed all the sick, all the sick, all the disease. And he kept on doing that until the day he was finally arrested, not because of he did anything wrong. Isaiah 53 says that he was rejected and he bore all of our grief, all of our sorrow, not because he did anything wrong. But he was dealt like a criminal. And they literally whipped him 39 times. And he bore every stripe for every sickness, disease, every sin that you ever thought of or committed around the world. That's why Jesus came. And he died on that cross. But how many guys know that he rose from the grave three days after dying on that cross? He rose from the grave. And he showed himself to his disciples. He showed himself to over at least 40 different people. Jesus, who was on that cross. And that's what Jesus did. So Jesus died on that cross. He rose from the grave. We serve a living God. We serve a living God. What does that mean? 
That means there is something different about serving a living God than serving a dead God. There is something unique about his followers because there's a power that you get to receive through believing Jesus Christ. Amen. See, now you can go find you can go find Muhammad's tomb. You can go find his tomb and you open up that tomb and there's going to be a dead old body in that tomb. You're going to find the remains of Buddha. You're going to find the remains of every founder of every religion out there. You go and look for Jesus's body. There's no match. There should be an expectation. An anticipation. As God's sons and daughters. Every day we walk on this God's green earth. There should be. There should be. Why? Because we serve a God that's alive. We serve the God that knows that Nikki's going through. We serve a God that knows that what Nikki needs right today, right now. We serve a God that when you call, like Pastor said it, and that's why I just, I grinned ear to ear. He's like, when you call out to God, he's going to show up. He's going to show up. He's going to show up. He's got that. So in Acts, when Jesus Christ rises from the grave, shows himself to disciples and many others. In Acts chapter 1, we're going to start with verse 1. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. And this is so important, friends, because we have salvation. You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. That's how you get saved. You have to believe in Jesus Christ to receive salvation, to get to heaven. Okay? So then he says this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Everybody say gift. My Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates. The Father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. Power. Everybody say power like you got power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then after this, he was taken up before their very eyes. So he tells them, hey, what you saw, you saw me die. You saw me now alive. And now you're going to see me go back to heaven. But let me tell you something. You need to wait because receiving me is awesome. But my father has another gift. My father's got a gift of the Holy Spirit. And you'll know when you receive that gift. But you have to do something. Wait for it. Wait for it. Christmas Day comes once a year. We have to wait 364 days for that Christmas Eve. These disciples, these followers, took Jesus' words and said, okay, I'm going to wait. We're going to wait. And you find in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all, everybody say all, together in one place. Everybody say one. You know, there's something about God with unity, all right? There's something about God. When he wants to work and you want to see a miracle happen, you want to see something miraculous happen, being in unison. I'm just reminded, January, my family, my wife, my kids, took an oath to God and said, God, we're going to pray for a certain circumstance in my family. In January, we took that step of faith. In September, we finally allowed my other parents, my sisters, and all them and say, man, we need to do this thing together. 
as one body, as one family. Because it was a family issue. And we let, let's pray together as a family. And can I tell you, when that started happening in unity, there was breakthrough in my family. And there still is breakthrough happening in my family. There's miracles happening in my family. And I believe it beyond the shadow of a doubt. The enemy wants to seclude us. The enemy wants to take us just, oh, just one at a time. Although one person is powerful with God, don't get me wrong, okay? But there's something when you get a body together, believing in the same thing, for the same reason, watching what happens. So here we have the disciples, and they're all up there. They're praying, and they're, they're seeking and waiting for what God said in one place and all together. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all, every say all, all, of them were, every say all, all, of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues that the Spirit enabled them. God told Jesus, Jesus, you're going to go to earth. You're going to be this baby, but you're going to do something miraculous. And then Jesus does what God says because he is God as well. And Jesus does the miraculous and he goes and dies and he rose from the grid and then he set, raises from the dead. And then he tells his disciples, hey, but you've got to wait for something because I'm going to give you, God's got some, another gift for you. So he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. When God says something, it has to happen. They waited and they received this gift. And then we see, read on later, that Peter, who used to be a scaredy cat, who ran away because he was scared when Jesus was arrested. He ran away and he even cursed God because he didn't want to be associated with Jesus because he was afraid he was going to die. Then you read in later in chapter 2 that Peter stands up, steps up, and talks to over 3,000 people who are now making fun of him and all the other disciples that are speaking in tongues. And he starts telling these over 3,000. I mean, this is a man that was scared of a teenage girl because she said, weren't you with Jesus when Jesus was arrested? And he's like, no, no, it wasn't me. And then he all of a sudden has this power to stand up in front of over 3,000 people and starts preaching the word of God, salvation to all of them. And do you know, after his first sermon, over 3,000 people got saved. Over 3,000 people. This is why I kind of like read this stuff. And this is why I walk around with a smile on my face a lot. Because I love to. Because I love life. Because I know who I serve. And I know who I am in Christ. We as God's people, if we were together all at once, not just walk around with a smile. I'm not ta- I, we want you to be real. If you're having a bad day or if you're having a hard time, whatever, like, we want you to be real. But could you imagine if we all were eagerly anticipating, expecting a move from God? Don't you think the same God that did it in the book of Acts could do it for us today? Don't you think the miracles that Jesus did, he didn't just do it on the fact of, oh, I'm just going to show you guys this cool stuff that I got. You don't get any of this stuff. No. He says, what you see me do, you can do even greater. You and I, what Peter was able to do was because he had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. That power that came over him. I encourage you, make a prayer like David and say, God, when can be the next time I meet with you? 
Don't wait for next Sunday. Don't wait for Wednesday evening. Don't even wait for tonight. You want to receive power? Wake up tomorrow morning and search God. The Bible says in James, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If you draw near to me, this is our Father in heaven. This is your Savior. This is the one who knows everything and that has the answer to all of our problems. We need to be seeking God, eagerly anticipating. Just like I said, like the kids are on Christmas morning waiting to just dive into the gifts, waiting to dive in. And you go on to this. There's many gifts that God wants for us. There is so much more than just salvation. Although salvation is what you need to get to heaven. But God wants a powerful church. God wants a church that's thriving, that's going crazy for him, that's going to see miracles and signs and wonders. Jesus says in Mark chapter 16, anybody who believes in me, these signs will follow, casting out devils, healing all the sick. Let's go, church. Let's go. I'm ready. I am so ready. Pastor, I am ready to see what happens. I am ready to see these doors flood in with people who are longing to see what God is doing, who are longing to get the healing power that's at work. It's not just me and Pastor. Every believer in this house has that ability to raise the dead. You have the power to raise the dead. And if you don't think you do, eagerly anticipate and expect God. The next time I pray for someone, they're healed expect the next time I wake up, I'm going to have that open door. It's going to be there for me. God's spirit is so alive, friends. We don't pray to a dead God. We pray to a God that rose from the grave. We pray to a God that knows, hey, I want to use Harriet. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, what your body makeup is. I want to use you. What God answers to is his children who are desiring and expecting to be used. Will you be that hungry? Will you be that person? Will you be that individual to say, hey, talk to your husband, talk to your wife, talk to your kids. Hey, as a family, we're going to seek the face of God. And we're not going to stop. Living for God is not boring. Living for God is not a set of rules. Living for God is the most exciting thing you can do. And if you're a Christian in here today, and well, I don't know about you, Pastor, but my life is boring. But you need to wake up and open your Bible and understand what you're allowed to do and what you can and the power that's inside of you. Or actually get saved. How about that? All right? Because yeah, getting saved is exciting. Okay? So, and your family should be going crazy for Jesus. If it's not, somebody needs to dig in and say, God, I pray the prayer that David said. Let my soul be so thirsty. Let me wake up in the middle of the night because I just, I just want to get your word. The other night at 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and this is not kudos to me. I'm just letting you know I preach and I try to do what I say, what God imparts upon to me, all right, because I am just a follower of Christ just like you are. But I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. My body was just like, it just wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. And I was like, God, I just want to sleep. I went to bed at 1. God, I just want to sleep. Well, 3 o'clock, I rolling and tossing. I'm like, all right, God, I'm getting up. And you're just studying. You pray to work, pray to God. Like you just get into it, get into it, get into it, get into it. And you know what? There's nothing better than reading the Word of God. There's nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Father God. You are worthy. You are worthy, Father God. We thank you. We praise your name, Father. Hallelujah. Father God, I just pray right now for your people in this place. 
God, I pray that you deposit a hunger inside of them. And Lord, I pray that this hunger would crave with such an expectancy, with such a high anticipation that no matter how much they get of you, they'll never be satisfied. Father God, I pray a deep hunger, a deep yearning, a deep desire, Father God, like they haven't eaten for days. Lord, let them receive that like they need to receive more from you today, Father. I pray that you impart unto them wisdom, impart unto them the gifts, Father God, the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. Lord God, let them just be radically transformed. Lord, let them seek your face lord god eagerly lord just like david wrote let their soul long for you like never before let the next craving not be for a meal but let their next craving be for man i just got to open the word of god i got to listen to a sermon i got to find another preacher to preach lord god i need to get to church i need to go to double service i need to go to both service i need to come back tonight at six i need more father god i need more i need more and lord god it's not so that we can get fat on you but god it's so that we can be used by you to fill out and to overflow into others Lord God that they might be used to see the supernatural power that comes in serving a most high God that's alive and well so we thank you God I pray Lord this church would start being packed like never before Father God that this place would be packed because your church here these people are in one accord saying yes God we want more we seek your face and we're seeing the miracles happen in this church we love you Lord and I pray that we don't stop shining just because we leave these walls i pray god we be used everywhere we go on the workplace in our home and lord god let us see transformation happen like never before we love you and we thank you father god for this gift of salvation that you gave to us but lord we also thank you for the gift of the holy spirit and all the other gifts that are written in first corinthians so we thank you and we give you all the glory and be with us as we go throughout our week in jesus name and everybody said amen, amen.